Hey there, welcome into the latest edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by your Front Range Toyota stores on 104.3 The Fan HD3. We're talking Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse as the season hits week number three, spring sports calendar arriving and uh, developing as we continue to move along. My name is Tyler Mon. thrilled to be joined by the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. Coach, uh, I know not the easiest week this week coming out of a, a tough loss on Saturday to Air Force, um, which really seemed like it was a game that kind of swung on the the one run by the Falcons toward the end of the second quarter, but I, I just want to get your overall thoughts and we'll dive into some of the specifics of this air force game, but uh tough weekend. It was a tough weekend for a lot of top teams around the country. Yeah, it was Tyler. And uh, you know what, uh, <clears throat> you know, no matter how long you're in this business, what, what you learn is that, uh, and it happens every year to a lot of teams, as you mentioned, is that 18 to 22 year olds assume stuff. And, after beating Air Force 15 straight times and having a nice win over Utah last week, it was assumed that we were going to win. And, you know, our kids are great kids. They really are. They, they'll do anything we ask them to do. They work really hard. They're clean. They, they, they're, they're gentlemen. They're really good guys. But they're 18 to 22. And they assumed that we were going to win. And no matter how much we cajoled them into understanding the mentality of the Air Force team. And uh, things can go any way in, in the game of lacrosse. Um, you know, it, it, and the worst thing is we started out so easily. We should have been up 4 nothing, but we were still up 2 nothing, And then we give up 3 and go 3-3 three, three at the quarter. We actually still were playing okay, but we gave away a couple of bad goals there and kind of thought, even then, we kind of thought, ah, all right, we're scoring pretty well, we'll be okay. And uh, eventually you're not okay. When you are going into halftime in a game like that, um, especially when it's coming off of a run like Air Force had toward the end of the, the second quarter, they scored the final four in the second quarter to make it a 7-4 game. What's the message that you try to communicate, especially if you're sort of sensing that this is uh, a day in which your guys may have – kind of assumed that they were going to have an easy track to win. How do you try to get them out of that mindset? Because by that point, I would imagine it feels like maybe it's too late in some uh, semblance of the the mental state of your team. But what what's that halftime message like? Well, it's more of – it's it's really more, and I think we did a good job. Not we. The kids did a great job of uh, bouncing back from that 7-4 def deficit because I think we scored like three goals in the first five minutes. They got one. So, you know, it, it, it went from 7-4 to 8-7. And, you know, I give the kids a lot of credit. They, they came out with the mentality we wanted them to come out with. Unfortunately, just like in the first half, we fell asleep after that. Some, when, when you're used to beating somebody, you assume that even if things have gone wrong, okay, now we're good. Now, you know, now we, we, we figured it out again. We're, we're good. And... But Air Force was having none of that. You got a really good day uh, statistically in a lot of ways, but I want to focus in on Alex Dathicus, who I know uh, goes 17 for 23 on faceoffs, picked up 14 ground balls. Um, he has been pretty impressive the first two weeks. We talked about the changes to uh, the faceoff setup and the way the whistle is blown and how officials are kind of adjudicating that department to start the year. How impressed have you been uh, with the way Alec has adapted in the early going uh, to be able to put it together two really good days to start his season? Yeah, Staff is, look, Staff's one of the best in the country, there's no doubt. What I love about the guy is 
He competes Monday through Saturday and probably on Sunday when I don't see him there either. You know, this guy, he got upset with me last week when I didn't let him um, play on the scout team defense when we were preparing for Air Force. And, you know, most face-off guys, they're like field goal kickers. You know, it's take a few face-offs against nobody, go get a drink, you know, face off against a freshman, go hang out. You know, this is not Alex Stavikas. This guy is a warrior. He wants to play every minute. He's strong as an ox and he's determined to be the best in the country. Um, he's got a challenge this week, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but if we're on that topic right now, he and the NASO kid, the face-off kid for Duke, were the two United States under 21 face-off guys. And they won together in Ireland. Um, and Staff did an amazing job there. These guys know each other inside out. They've had some great battles over the years. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Um, to Staff's credit, uh, the the Utah kid who had been 50-50 with him, he dominated. And then last year. Air Force had all they could do to try to keep up with them. But at the end of the day, we still lost the game. So um, face-offs, if you can keep them about even, uh, won't affect the game as long as neither team gets a fast break goal or two off it, which we've got to prevent. But uh, Stath is a warrior, and, and, and you know, uh, I just – I just this guy is a captain. He's a great person. He cares about his teammates. Uh, he'll fight with them during the week. But uh, I, I, w I wouldn't want to go to battle with anybody else. Coach, when you come out of a game like this uh, and you take a, a tough loss, we're obviously going to talk a lot about what's coming up with Duke uh, this week as your week three opponent. But um, what was the conversation like post game and getting back into things this week? Uh, obviously, you are able to try to communicate to your guys like, hey, that's the reason why we can't take off a week. That's the reason why you can't go into a game expecting to beat an opponent just because you've beaten them in the past. What were those conversations like coming out of this loss now at, at one and one going into a tough road trip this week? Well, you know, you can imagine what kind of conversation started. Are, I think when they, if you look up the word conversation in the dictionary, it's a two-way discussion. So therefore, this was not a conversation. Um, That's fair. It was, uh, um, but, you know, it, it, it is exactly what you said. You know, unfortunately, unlike basketball, unlike hockey, we play 13 games. You know, you lose a, a clunker like that and it sets you way back. You're talking about RPI. You're talking about big wins and big losses. And, and you only get 13 chances of this, hopefully two more in the Big East tournament um, to, to put your resume out there. So it's devastating. And, and I think the kids think of it as, oh, that was horrible. It was a loss today. When you're in a coach coach mode and you've been around this for, for probably far too many years, I'm sure some people are thinking, um, you think bigger picture uh, that, yes, this was horrible today, but I'm thinking now about, you know, 10 weeks from now, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, you can't, you can't dwell on it. Um, obviously, what the one lesson we told the kids yesterday in practice was that, we're not going to forget about it. Oftentimes you'll hear coaches say, oh, we got to put that one away. It'll always be a message from this point on. Remember the Air Force game. 
especially if we get there, there's no problem this week. We know what we're up against this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little while. But if we if we ever come upon another opponent that for whatever reason the guys might think, oh, they're not ranked, oh, we beat them all the time, oh, you know, we got this, it will be an Air Force message through and through. Coach, the uh, loss that you guys took on Saturday was one of a lot across college lacrosse in which uh, probably some people raised their eyebrows at the results. And it shows really the, I feel like the leveling of the playing field across a lot of the sport. Um, You know, Johns Hopkins takes down Georgetown. Uh, Maryland loses in the regular season for the first time in over a thousand days. Uh, There were upsets really across the board. And it does send you into this week. You're taking on a team in Duke that also took a loss uh, last weekend. What does it say about the state of the sport when the Blue Bloods go into places and take maybe unexpected losses? There's so much talent that is so dispersed across the country now. Does it feel like that? And I feel like we have one of these conversations almost every week. Is it feel from your vantage point? Like that is sort of the the mode of college lacrosse nowadays is just that there's so much talent out there that any team can spring an upset on somebody else from week to week. Yeah, it's interesting. I would look at it in two really opposite, you know, angles. If let's start with that angle, is is you're absolutely correct. Every team has players, you know. Air Force had some big, strong kids. The Dodds kid could play for anybody in the country. Their goalie had 17 saves, which is, you know, if you looked at 17 saves at one end and six at the other, uh, you you can take all the other stuff and throw it out the window. Um, You know, if, if you even, even that off by three, now we win the game by a goal, you know? So uh, that angle on everybody having talent is absolutely true. Uh, Obviously Hopkins has talent. We scrimmaged them and, we know that they've got good talent. Um, looking back on it now, maybe I'm not as disappointed um, with the result. This it was ten to eight or something like that. But uh, um, now that they beat Georgetown, you go, Ooh, maybe they were pretty good. Uh, you know, Jacksonville has, has sprung this on on a lot of people. You know, uh, their problem is they're gonna, which I'll touch on next, is they'll they'll have that issue. Um, you know, Loyola, that strong goalie play. You know, um, Duke was, was uh, you know, the Jacksonville goalie played well. Us, the Air Force goalie played well and other people. So, yes, the talent has, there's certainly more talent dispersed. I would look at it more of what we touched on before. Nobody has 25 to 30-year-olds. Everybody's got 18 to 22, 23-year-olds. 18 to 22 or 23-year-olds right now in this day and age are cannot be convinced of something they want to be convinced of until oftentimes it's too late. And, and I think five of the best teams in the country found that out last week. And so um, we're not going to dwell on the other teams. We don't like talking about it, but at the end of the day, the inconsistency was where the talent that we talked about is the consistency is the age and the mentality of these young people right now is one that in the old days, a coach used to, you know, bite the head off a chicken and his team would go out there on the field and kill somebody, even if that person or that team was horrendous. You know, you bite the head off a chicken right now and your team's going to look at you and go, what's wrong with you? 
you know? And, and so there's no biting heads off chickens anymore. Probably get swine flu or whatever it is. It's <laughs> avian flu that's going around right Probably now. True. But, uh, you know, um, so so I, it's it's back and forth. But I I think it's more psychological than physical. That's for sure. Certainly looking at the film on this Duke team, <laughs> it had to be psychological because these guys are animals. And we are going to talk a lot about the Blue Devils coming up as Denver hits the road to Durham, North Carolina for this Friday afternoon matchup, 4 o'clock local time in Durham, so 2 o'clock here in the Mile High City. And, of course, you can follow that one at DenverPioneers.com. We will step aside for a timeout, bring it on back and preview Duke and talk about a little bit what's coming up. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. Let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. Continuing along on 104.3 The Fan HD3, it's the Coach Bill Tierney Show talking Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse presented by your Front Range Toyota stores as we're back with the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. My name is Tyler Mon. Denver hitting the road this week uh, for one of its longtime rivalry slash uh, heavily focused upon slash very enigmatic and also very emotionally charged series, and that's Denver and Duke. Two non-conference opponents that have played each other in some monster games in recent years. And uh, the Blue Devils coach come into this week. They're 2-1. and one. They're coming off that loss against Jacksonville. Their two wins prior to that, really impressive. A 12-goal win over Bellarmine back on February 4th. A 20-8 to eight win, so a 12-goal win three days later over High Point. Both of those at home in Durham. And then they took the loss on Saturday at Jacksonville. But you know what you're getting going into Duke. Um the 2023 Blue Devils, the way they stack up compared to other teams, seems like a lot of similarities, a lot of talent, a lot of size. Give us your overview of Duke coming into this week. Uh, you, you wrapped it up better than I can. It's uh, Look, it, it, this is not going to be a uh, an equal match when it comes to talent. But uh, as we learned last week, a lot of equal matches with talent. It didn't turn out the way the prognosticators thought that they would. So, um for us, we've actually feel like we're better when we're the underdog. And and that's going to be our attitude on this is, you know, Duke has aspirations for national championships. They've got players in every position that'll be, you know, first and second team All-Americans. Uh, you know, they've got world team player and Brennan O'Neill. Uh, you, you got it all. And, and so um, we know what we're up against. And uh, I'll tell you that, you know, I don't know how it's going to come out, but I'll tell you that starting with Monday's practice, our mentality is not like it was last week going into the Air Force game. So I'm excited about that. Um, You know, they can score in so many different ways. They run, they can play half field offense. They, they always put a lot of pressure on us in the middle of the field. They got, as we mentioned before, they've got a great face off guy. Um, 
Uh, so it's, it's what I'm encouraged by is our attitude. And, and ultimately, if we can make this a psychological game, um, then, then it's going to be a war because they lost last week too. So uh, very talented, very experienced, and, uh, and, and one that's going to, you know, as you know, we played, this will be our fourth or fifth time playing at Duke, which is, you know, uh, another issue. But, um, you know, it's going to be a challenge. But I know our kids will, will be up for the challenge and we're going to play our hardest, that's for sure. Yeah, fifth time in the last six matchups between these two teams, you guys will go on the road to Durham. Um, and you you do get to sort of play that role of being the underdog, especially when you're on the road. How much is that? I don't want to say that it helps, but there is something to be said for the the fact that you guys, as the visiting team, as the underdog team, you can kind of put the blinders on and just focus on the task at hand on the road in Durham rather than being home, welcoming in a, a very highly ranked team, all the hoopla and fanfare that goes along with that. Are there some assets to being the road team in a circumstance like this where you can kind of travel to to Durham and, and get there a couple days early and just go to be about business? You know, you, you certainly hope so. It's um, We've been on both sides of that fence. You know, we've had last year we went in, we had a similar situation and we, uh, uh, but we were two and oh, and um, you know, we, they crushed us last year. You know, and uh, I think it ended up nineteen ten, but it wasn't that close. So, um, and then the year, be- some years before that, we've gone there, and it's been one goal games. So, uh, one thing you can't predict is is how it's going to come out. But uh, so you can only control the controllables, which is your attitude and your effort. And um, so, uh, you know, we we like as far as you know, you don't like playing Duke at Duke. You don't like playing Carolina at Carolina all the time. But we like this trip, you know, this trip's always a good one. And uh, and it's um, it's well organized. And, and, you know, our director of operations, Sue Kelly, has it all ready for us with meals and travel. It, there's no must, no fuss on this other than when you show up on, in this case, Friday at four o'clock. Most days, times it's Saturday at one or something. But the, po- the point being on all of this is that uh, that stuff uh is all stuff that you look back on after the fact, you know? And so, yes, I would love for that to, for us to say, well, yeah, we're away, we can concentrate. We'll be, we'll be there and all that stuff. Hopefully travel will go well. Um, But we've had both results with, with similar travel situations. Coach, when you go into this uh, matchup this weekend, uh, there are going to be obviously a lot of people who probably ask you this, but you're going against John Donowski for the final time uh, in the regular season in your career. And you guys have faced off over a lot of years and you've accomplished a lot of things. And between the two of you, uh, there are uh, going to be a couple of spots on the Mount Rushmore of this sport that would probably be occupied by both of you. Um, what are you going to take away most from your series against him over the course of your career and uh, the matchups that you've had and the things that you two have seen? Yeah, the weird thing about it is it's it's gone in streaks. You know, it's gone in streaks. When we when I was at Princeton and he was at Hofstra, we had a long, you know, for the games we played, we had a long streak. And then I think in I forget what year it was, two thousand one or two or three, something like that, they came in and they upset us and we didn't know that they, you know, had such a good team. John Orson played on that team and, and they were they were really good. They went on a good run that year. Um and then 
the start of the Duke series here in 2012, where we played on Long Island. I think we probably won three or four in a row. And then now they've been on a streak. So it's been streaky. Uh, I don't think our relationship has anything to do with those two hours. You know, um, John's a different guy than I am. And if you talk to both coaches about philosophy and coaching and all that stuff, interestingly enough, with the so-called success, you know, that we both had, um, it just shows you that there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, you know, because you couldn't ask for two more opposite coaches uh, in, in how they go about their business. And so it's, it's, as I go through this year, I don't even want to think about that stuff at the end of the year. I, I will, but uh, people are making me do that. And, and so be it, you know, it's, that's the price you pay for announcing your retirement before the season. But, uh, but, you know, my relationship with John has been, you know, the head to head battles have been special, very much like mine with my couple of best friends, Tony Seaman and Dave Cottle when they were involved in college lacrosse. So it, it's something that's, uh, you know, it, it'll be nostalgic when we're both in rocking chairs at some retirement home. But right now I want to beat Duke. Let's talk about the the things that you've seen from week one and week two uh, that carry the biggest themes going into week three now against Duke. Obviously, that first game against Utah, really impressive and just felt very methodical, very businesslike and very, as you said, after the game, sort of middle of the season feel, uh, midseason form type of feel. The Air Force game, a bit of a step back in in some regards, but what are the things that you liked in Utah that have continued to progress, and what are the things that you saw in the Air Force game that you really want to correct uh, or develop a little bit better going into Duke? Yeah, those two games couldn't be any more opposite other than the beginning of the games. Both games, we jumped out to pretty easy leads, scoring. You know, Matt Brown is the best there is out there, so he has our offense ready. We score three right away against Utah. They come back to four to three and then five to three at halftime with Jack Tortolani's goal. We jump out two nothing against Air Force. It should have been four. We drop one and we hit the goalie in the chest on another. And they go down and now it's three to three at the quarter. So those are the similarities. But the games themselves, if you would take a a drone view of this thing, the dames themselves couldn't be more opposite. One, we had a lot of composure and we did things the way very mechanically, as you said, and it was very businesslike and we, we did well against a good team. Uh, I'd venture to say that if, when those two teams play, it's going to be a war. But then against against uh, Air Force, that, that mental aspect, we let the best get a hold of us. But you know, I have to give Air Force credit. They knew what they were going to do. They were big and strong. And they kept doing it. And so uh, there was no letdown on their part. Um, so uh, it, it's hard to say what we want to get out of this is out of Duke is something new. You know, we want to get uh, a little bit more emotional. We want to get a little bit more of that chip on our shoulder, which we I don't think we had this past week. Uh, and uh, I don't I'm not sure if we even had it against Utah because it was such a business like mechanical game. Um but we, we got to develop that because we're, we're not going to we're not going to out talent a lot of teams this year. 
when you uh, talked about how yesterday's practice was different than the field going into the Air Force game and probably different from the field going into to the Utah game, uh, what does it seem like? Where does it seem like your guys are in the approach to Duke? Because that always carries a different significance. And obviously, you know, there's big stuff coming up this uh, this season, really nonstop from week to week as this non-conference schedule goes along from the Duke game. You come home from Merrimack on the 25th, but then you're at North Carolina and at Yale these the big hype contests are going to be fast and furious throughout the rest of the year. How does it seem like they've locked into that early on this week? Well, they're going to have to, but for the first time and very clearly, we're the underdogs this week, and we need to we need to play up to that, and and we need to most importantly not buy into that. You know, it's again same age guys. Uh, only 10 on the field. All, every coaching cliche you, you could throw out at them is, is there. But, um, you know, it's it's Duke and Denver and Duke's preseason number four or five and Denver's God knows where. But we, we have to make sure that we use that mentality as a positive thing because sometimes you can get over overexcited and that can play against you. So really it's different than the first two games. And uh, – and it's managing that emotion while managing having to play a near perfect uh, game from an intelligence level uh, is is the challenge. But I have confidence in our guys. Our guys are got a lot of guys that played a lot of lacrosse, at the, especially at the defensive end. I have confidence in these kids. I, I told them even after the Air Force game, I wouldn't trade them for anybody. And uh, and we're going to go in and we're going to battle and we're going to use that for the whatever happens, use it for the rest of the season. Well, a big one coming up on Friday in Durham, North Carolina, the Denver Pioneers and the Duke Blue Devils, 4 o'clock local time, 2 o'clock mountain time face-off for that one. Uh, you can catch that game actually televised on ESPNU. And uh, Coach, best of luck. Enjoy the, uh, the trip, and uh, we'll talk to you coming up next week. Thanks so much for the time this week as always. Good. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by your Front Range Toyota stores. We'll talk to you next time on 104.3 The Fan HD3. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more. Toyota, let's go places. Your Front Range Toyota Store is proud to be the exclusive automotive partner of your DU Pioneers.